Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft Tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft Tapes. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Call of Cthulhu, a horror role-playing game based upon the fictional works of H.P. Lovecraft. Your investigators of the unknown are Brian as Jack Whiteside. Damn it, now I've got all these viruses after looking up tentacles on my laptop. Gabe as Roy Arroyo. I'm not nervous. Shut up, you're nervous. And Matt as Rocky Arroyo. Well, well, looks like someone's been looking up tentacles on their laptop again. <laughs> Welcome, players. How is everybody doing tonight? Excellent. Swimming. I, I'm enjoying a nice enjoy by 420 from Stone Brewing Company. I'm enjoying a number nine magic hat. Remember when that actually meant used to mean something? Yeah, it was in my refrigerator, probably from last New Year's. <laughs> All right. Well, let's take a quick moment for a shout out to some special folks. First, we want to thank Simon Gumble for his hilariously accurate caricature artwork, the latest depicting us, the players, not the characters, fighting off the old ones with dice, spellbooks, baseball bats, machine guns, and kettle prods, which is exactly what we do all day, every day. And we play this game. I don't play this game. You can follow Simon on Instagram at stag247 for some of his other incredible artistry. So thanks, Simon. Thank you. We really love that latest one. It'll make a great t-shirt. Hell yeah. Second, a special kudos to all our new Discord members who participate in discussions regularly, including, but not limited to, Chris Parker, Shiru, Inside Out, Sketchy Lejo, Ben the Wino, and Cthulhu3000. You're like our extended family who we will never call if we get thrown in jail for unspecified cultist activity sometime during the next full moon. Promise. Well, I'm calling a couple to join. Finally, I don't do this often enough, but I want to let my players know how much they mean to me. Gabe, thank you for your hilarious wit, your unrelenting depiction of a wacky FBI agent with very specific personality quirks, and for keeping me on my toes. Aww. Thank you. Matt... Thank you for your quick humor, your invaluable assistance behind the scenes, and willingness to role-play with great versatility. Especially in the bedroom. By the way, that little schoolgirl outfit finally came in, so whenever you're ready. <laughs> I'm born ready. And of course, Brian, thank you for your unwavering commitment to the show, your help in keeping the investigations on track, and for being a great brother. Oh, thank you. You're I all love right. you all. I'm okay. <laughs> And then there's that Jeremy guy. Oh, boy, what a jerk. Yeah, we'd probably have a show without him, but it wouldn't be as good. So what are you guys doing? I don't know. What are you doing? I don't know. Might be a whole lot funnier. You don't know. We solved it. Well, before we begin tonight's adventure, we do need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. Are you feeling sad and lonely because you have no friends? And all of your co-workers avoid your cubicle on the way to the break room where Marsha is throwing herself another surprise birthday party? Just rib it. Stuck in rush hour traffic due to some numbskull walking out in the middle of a busy intersection and getting plastered by an oncoming taxi full of clowns on the way to Marsha's surprise birthday party? Go ahead and rib it. Lying awake at 2 a.m., staring at the ceiling where the shadows play from Marsha's surprise birthday party across the street. Oh, that sounds like a good time to rib it. H.W. Industries is proud to introduce ribbon, 
the latest innovation in frog transmutation technology. To get started, simply download the official Ribbit app on your tablet or other mobile device. Once you've input your name, your date of birth, blood type, and next of kin, you're ready to ribbit. Use the convenient map function to select a specific street address, like, say, Marsha's, for instance, and select which amphibian you'd like to turn her into. Now, kids, please consult your parents before making any microtransactions. Some varieties of, of, of uh, like, glass frogs or fired-bellied toads, that they, uh, they might cost extra. That's all there is to it. Now you can return to your crappy desk job somewhat happier, now that Marsha is nowhere to be found. And only you and HW Industries know where. Ribbit. And we're back. <laughs> Brian just brought six of them. That was good then. I'm glad I bought two. Hundred. I also bought two, but I used your credit card, so it looks like you bought four. That's okay. I used your two. Sorry. One day, after we're long dead, our corpses will be dug up transported via rocket shuttle to Jupiter, crushed into a fine powder, poured into a smelter, melted down, only to be resurrected again as one of those products and or services. Now, dear investigators, we continue. Chapter 8, Trist. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. Agent Whiteside recovers a severed tentacle from Brother Young John's fishing boat and decides to keep it in his rented room bathtub. Roy reels from his sudden illness, innards in turmoil, and seeks out old Reverend Brother Lee Summers at the OG St. Mary's Church for assistance. Rocky decides to join in some reindeer games, traipsing around a strange obelisk and chanting children's songs until he's overwhelmed with a strange deja vu. Still struggling with his sense of place and time, Rocky returns to the nearby church to discover the bodies are missing from the basement, but then seeks assistance back at the bar. After stowing the tentacle in his room, Jack returns to the same church, creeping around in the dark until he encounters an unexpected companion. Roy, feeling a bit better, returns to the Albatross bar for another ill-advised binge-drinking competition, which ends with the older agent literally out of his mind. It is currently evening on Tristan de Kuna. The winds have shifted, blowing a bit colder off the Atlantic, bringing with it the mingled scents of putrid salt, rotting seaweed, and dead things floating on black waters. Put that in a candle and sell it, Yankee. Rocky, one moment you're standing in Jack Whiteside's room at the Albatross Bar, looking down at a monstrous tentacle covered by a bath towel in his tub, when suddenly you hear the eerie, faraway chant of children singing, Ring around the rosy. The world around you lurches sickeningly, and now you're looking up at Agent Whiteside, framed in a doorway, gun pointing down at you. In all your travels with the company, however, this isn't the first time you've experienced one of these transmutations of space and time. Tell us about the last time this happened. Well, it was before I held my senior position. Um, the men upstairs kind of like to, to use the, the transmutation spell as an initiation prank of sorts. Instead of, you know, making you sit on a block of ice or, or pouring cold water over you in the shower. Uh, when you're 
sleeping in the middle of the night, they like to take and, and transmute your bed somewhere a little more interesting. In in my case, it happened to be the middle of the lake. There I was. I was, you know, perfectly sound asleep in one of our facilities, and I get the really strange feeling that everything around me is moving, even though I very clearly am in bed. And uh, I open up my eyes, and all of a sudden, it's it's a lot colder out and slightly darker and I go to get my bearings and I just kind of fall out of bed and then it's really cold and, and wet and it was not pleasant. Um, if, if you've ever ended up falling into a lake in the middle of the night, it's uh, not quite as entertaining as it sounds. Needless to say, once I was a little bit distracted, splashing around in the lake trying to figure out where I was, that's of course when I started attracting attention of the less desirables that lived at the bottom of the lake. And those included things such as... And of course, you can't forget the... Oh, and then there was the... But I'm not really supposed to talk about that at all. Jack, one minute you're creeping along the dark, silent corridors of St. Mary's Church, looking for any clue of the whereabouts of Father Brother John Sharp, when suddenly you hear the basement door creak open. You aim your already drawn gun down the stairs at the figure of... Rocky Arroyo? But his features shift to someone else for a moment, and you are reminded of a time in your past when you were pointing your gun at someone else's face. Tell us about that. It's hard to discuss it. When I was 19, I came across the gun that it was hidden inside the house. I figured it'd be cool if I take it, keep hold on to it for a little bit. But what happened that night was not cool. Put it under my pillow, fell asleep. In the middle of the night, I heard the door open up. My first reaction was just to grab the gun and point and pull that trigger as fast as I could. After everything I've been through, luckily that gun was not loaded. Leah was standing in the doorway. If I would have pulled that trigger and it had been loaded, I don't know what I would have done. Ever since then, there's always a two heartbeat before I pull it. I don't want to take that chance. Roy, your guts are writhing with red snakes. Their venom bleeds into your eyeballs, blurring your sight, coloring everything red, pulsing with poison. You stand in a rented room at the Albatross Bar, swaying slightly as the walls shift and spin. Your gun is in your trembling hand. Outside the door, you hear familiar voices. One of them belongs to Brother Kemper Aldenlind, the owner of this establishment. You can imagine his grotesque face, eyes bulging like a hideous frog. He's the one who put toxins in the beer. He needs to pay for what he's done to you. As you shamble toward the door to your room, this reminds you of another time you let alcohol get the better of you. Tell us about it. It was 2011. Me and some of the brothers took our pops out to Vancouver on a road trip to see Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals with Boston Bruins. We knew that this was maybe Dad's last chance to see him take it, so we knew it was important. And what do you know they won? Zdeno and Thomas, they they took the cup home for us. It was the happiest I'd seen my dad in decades. Same with the brothers. We even stopped beating on each other just to, to be able to celebrate. It was fine then, but that was until we left the arena and the Vancouver fans were in a riot. They were attacking everyone that was wearing a Boston's Bruins jersey, flipping cars, setting things on fire. People were making out in the streets. And dad, he was in a wheelchair and He got hit with some collateral damage, and it knocked one of his wheels off, and I just lost it. That was maybe his last time that the Boston Bruins might win, and who knows, it's sports, maybe it was the last time any of us would, and you know, you're taking your anger out on an old man? I ran directly into the riot and started swinging. Let's switch back to Rocky and Jack. 
looking at each other down the stairs with Jack pointing his gun directly at Rocky's face. In my head, I'm thinking, one heartbeat, two heartbeat. And I pull the trigger as fast as I can. Watch where you're pointing that thing, son. You're going to put an eye out. I quickly pull the gun up. And fire into the ceiling. Why didn't you answer when I called when I came in? I asked if anybody was here. I could have killed you! Because technically speaking, I wasn't here until several seconds ago. What do you mean? Well, I was over at the hotel. I was taking a a glance at the curious thing you have tucked into your bathtub. Oh yeah, the tentacle, yeah. I heard the noise of uh, small children chanting ring around the rosy. Long story, earlier today there were some some children playing and they wanted me to play with them and I figured, ah, what a better way to get along with the locals. Uh, there's no children on this island. All the children have been dead for 50 years. <laughs> and that led to a, a whole thing underwater and there were strange creatures. And I, I, Anyway, there I was in the, in the bathroom uh, looking at your tentacle. And then I heard the chanting and then I was here. Uh, transmutation spells are a pain in the ass if you ask me. I never did like using them. So you're telling me you just teleported here? Yes, it, it is a thing, believe it or not. I mean, if you if you look at your character sheet, you have this thing that says magic points. <laughs> character sheet? What the hell's a character sheet? Have you seen the priest? No, actually, I was here earlier trying to take a secondary glance at some of the bodies, except for the fact that all of the bodies are no longer here. All your buddies are gone? The, the, the bodies are gone, and... Well, maybe they're at the bar. We can go see if your buddies are at the bar. Wait, show me. Let's go downstairs. I want to see this. I'm going to use flashlight phone, turn around, and head back down the stairs to where the bodies were. I pull out my flashlight, too, just so I can see. You enter the basement, and sure enough, Jack, you can see at a glance that the three slabs are indeed empty now. There are no trace of the bodies. Hurry over to the slabs and look around on the floor. See if I can see any signs of somebody move them or dragging or anything. I'm assuming this basement's dirty. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and give me a uh, spy hidden? I needed a 77. I rolled an 8. That's an extreme suck. It appears that the bodies have been moved by somebody. There are some clear scrapings through the dust. Heading towards the stairs, or? Yes, heading towards the stairs. Whoever moved them, there were multiple people moving these bodies, and they left no scrap behind. They were very careful. Beside each of the three slabs is a little puddle of water, about where the head would be for each of these bodies. In your mind's eye, you can see if someone were to roll the corpse over on its left side, maybe prior to moving it, the water would have spilled out of its mouth. In one of the far dark corners that you can't quite see, you hear, ribbit, ribbit. So I'm going to slowly, not to scare it, shine my flashlight over in that corner where I hear it and take a couple steps over that way to see if it's the single frog or if there's others. And as you zero in on the corner, you do see three small frogs. Rocky. Yes. You see this? There's three more, two more frogs than there were before we inspected. We're inside the basement of a church. Where on earth are the frogs coming from? My guess would be the bodies. Possibly the woman's body where the first came out. But if it's one out of each body, this ties them all together. So you're saying you think that someone planted frogs inside the bodies? Well, they probably didn't plant them, so they grow. They probably stuffed them in. It's just a guess. I don't know if frogs grow, like, from the ground or not. I'll have to ask my 
brother about that. He loves frogs. All right, let's uh, make a mental note of that. And if we hear anybody talk about frogs, we shoot on sight. All right, you finish up. Uh, is there anything else you need to see here? I want to get back and uh, look, take a look at that tentacle. Is there any way you could possibly get clear enough to get a, a nice photo of the frogs? I might be able to send it to uh, send it off to someone who knows these kinds of things. Maybe knowing exactly what type of frog it is might might be some sort of clue, perhaps. That sounds good. I pull out my 9mm to get a clear shot. <laughs> Here, let me see your phone. Alright, I'm gonna hand him the, my phone. I'd take it out, put on night sight, because it's a Google Pixel, and uh, take a nice, clear, crisp picture in almost darkness. Sponsor us, Google Pixel. I hand it back to him. Now you can send it right from your phone, and you won't need to worry about me sending it to you first. Once we get out of here, I'll have to send this off to a friend of mine who studies these types of creatures. Maybe they can help me out. Yeah, because there's no signal on this island, so unless you've got some magic satellite phone. To be explicit, uh, there is absolutely no signal uh, of any kind on this island, other than there are um, underwater sea cables that carry the internet. The Albatross Bar is the sole place for internet, although you do have normal telephone. All right, when we get back, uh, you can send that, lo- upload it to the laptop, and then send it out. I think that might work. Uh, right after we clear out all the viruses you got from looking up tentacles on the internet. They've got the intranet here, so we should be good. <laughs> okay. Here, I sent it to myself. Ah, <sighs> you sent yourself viruses? Congratulations, me. I've won a free iPad. All right, well, let's get out of here then. I want to swing by the priest's room one more time and just double-check. I swear I heard someone in this room. Of course, yes. Maybe uh, two sets of eyes and ears. We might find something. I hope we find more than just that in that room. Nope. Two sets. Two sets of eyes (laughs) on the floor and ears. (laughs) Ah, And a puddle of water and a frog. You know, there was one other reason I always detested teleportation spells. I'm just trying to remember. And then I'm going to turn to the side and just vomit. All right, teleportation never never agreed very well with my stomach. Are you going to be okay? I rub the lower part of his back. Lower. You need a pillow. Lower. You want a blanket? Those aren't pillows. Stop fluffing them. All right, so I want to head back up the stairs then and um, just look one more time in, in the priest's room and see if I see anything. So Jack uh, ascends the stairs, enters the hallway, and heads back towards the kitchen and uh, living quarters. I believe you had left the room door open. That so is that correct. A little bit of light would spill out. It's exactly the same as you discovered it previously. There is nobody in there. Looks like someone had stepped away maybe for dinner someplace. Applebee's probably. Yeah, Applebee's. They're at Chili's. Chili's 2. Chili's 2, my life. Rocky, do me a favor. Just let me know if you see anything. I'm going to just step back in the doorway while he examines and watch him. I'm just going to go in and do a once-over of the room just to see if he might have missed anything that's to be missed. No, it, it appears to be pretty much the same. Nothing out of the unusual. It just looks like whoever was here left. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't missing anything. Thank you. Should we head back? Probably head back, and hopefully that's the last time I end up in that basement. Again, against my will anyway. All right, so let's head back out of the church. Uh, shut the lights off. Set the code. Boop, 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 boop. What, do you live in a barn? So, yeah, you, you leave the uh, church, and uh, the night air is quite nice and cool now. The island is settling down for the night, and people are indoors having dinner, finishing up dinner, having dessert, doing the dishes, watching TV, all the usual stuff that normal people do. It's almost bittersweet, because these are the things that you guys can't enjoy. So we're getting like a almost like a peaceful feeling over the mm-hmm. town right now? Okay, good. 
And that's when things are the most dangerous, let's be honest. You don't ever want to relax, ever. That's the bittersweet part, because you guys can't relax. The rest of the world is oblivious to the things that you've seen and done. But you can never find that moment of peace, that bubble of happiness. All I want to do is dishes. No matter where you go, there's always somebody with a gun, their vision swimming red. So we're going to head back hand-in-hand, Skippy. To? The Albatross. Roy, you find yourself very shaky. You're actually vibrating with rage. Your gun is just clattering in your hand. You're worried that you're going to accidentally fire it. So with your left hand, you open the door to your room, and you're surprised at how steely that left hand is. It grasps the door handle and swings it open, and you can hear the loud, boisterous, grating voices waiting for you down at the end of the hall, and you begin stilt-legged walking down that hallway. It's almost like being in a fun house where the walls are shifting left and right, and the angles are all completely wrong, but you feel yourself making progress. It's almost like going through some sort of gelatinous liquid to get to that point, but When you finally step foot into the light of the bar proper, you feel this cool calmness descend upon you. And you shift and you see all at once Brother Kemper Aldenlind with his greasy, sweaty, bulbous nose with all its broken veins and his gray, call-like eyes and teeth some of them missing, some of them chipped, smiling and laughing with other people at the bar. And one of those people, of course, is Declan, who has clearly been drinking quite a lot. And he, in slow motion, much too slow, swivels his head towards you, still smiling and seeing you, and you see this look of shock on his face. And at exactly that same moment, The screen door to the entrance of the bar swings open, and you see Jack and Rocky walking in, and we're in round two of five. What you guys see is Roy appearing from down the hallway where you know your rooms are. He has his pistol in his right hand, and it is shaking uncontrollably. It's still down at his side. His eyes are rolled up in his head. And he is drooling uncontrollably. There is vomit stains down the front of his shirt. And his suit jacket is nowhere to be found. His tie is sort of loosened up way too much. And of course has bits of taco fish and kelp and beer. Now everyone's going to know I wear a short sleeve dress shirt. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it, Janet. And a clip-on tie. (laughs) Oh, God, not the clip-on. So now we're going to play rounds three through five as combat. According to my dex order, we have Declan has an 80 dex. Jack has a 60. Rocky has a 50. And Roy has a 50. Declan is going to essentially try to tackle Roy and pin him down. What would you like to do, Roy? It's really up to you whether or not you want to dodge or fight back. I'll fight back. And fight back is going to be shooting. Oof. 
So I failed. I also failed. I needed a 24. I got a 43. So Declan leaps off his bar stool and makes a mad dash towards Roy's legs in an attempt to pin him down and tackle him. However, he's had quite a few beers. He already went through and won that first contest against Roy. By the way, Declan should be on my side because of that. (laughs) Since then, he's been enjoying the company of the locals, so he is very off his game. And he goes sprawling, essentially, uh, next to Roy. Roy fires off a shot in sort of a defense, but he you can see that Roy's aim is complete. Like, he he's not even looking. He can't look. His eyes are rolled up in his head. And it just goes completely wild, pinging off a, a copper plate on the wall. So next up, we have Jack. Get him. Pull my handgun out. I'm going to aim for his, for the gun. Fight back. I need a 64. I rolled a 52. And we're going to do a penalty dice on that. Seven. Ooh. 72 would be a fail. So what did I hit? You hit the only computer in the whole <laughs> Now we can't send that picture. <laughs> Damn it. I needed a 24. I got a 16. Jack, you fire before Roy has a chance to. Unfortunately, your bullet buries into the carpet with lightning speed unnatural supernatural speed roy's gun hand raises almost of its own accord and fires at you i think it does 1d1 no 1d1 damage 1d1 minus four i got a six (sighs) jack you take six points of damage no i think that's wrong it's (laughs) 0.6 what does that leave you with it leaves me with four I can't die again. Shotgun blast in the face. The gun points at your abdomen and just blows a hole right in your guts. Is it like Kung Pao? It's a big hole. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I don't even know how he did that. Damage is equal to more than half your maximum hit points, right? Yes. You're going to take a major wound. You immediately fall prone. I need you to make a con roll, please. Give me to a hospital, man. (sighs) Say the words. You're going to be okay. I needed a 50. I rolled a 36. That's a sucky success. Awesome. So you will retain your consciousness. Rocky and Roy. Rocky, you got the jump on Roy. Yay me. Okay, I'm going to grab one of the stools, pick it up, and just slam it as hard as I can into his backside, because I notice he's pretty drunk and already off balance, so it shouldn't be too difficult to knock him down. Fight back. I needed a 55. I rolled a 42. That is a success. I needed a 24. I got a 75. That's a failure. It's one point of damage. Give me a dex roll, Roy. Motherfucker! (laughs) I needed a 50. I got a 3. That's an extreme success. So Roy does not go prone. He takes the blow, and then you see his blank gaze focus in on you. He doesn't even move, really. The bar stool has broken on his legs. There's even, like, splinters of wood sticking out of his leg, and you see blood running down from the wound that you caused. But he did not flinch. At least your bar stool attack caused him to misfire. The bullet takes out the uh, radio that was playing. Damn it. And you can see Brother Alden Lynn duck behind the bar now, and the other people at the bar scatter out the door. Now it is Roy's turn. And Roy, you only have one objective. Head towards a father, brother, Aldridge. If you just aimed at the wooden bar, you could probably fire right through it. I'll aim at the bar where he's ducking behind it. Far away? I needed a 24. I got an 81. That's a fail. Your bullet penetrates the lower part of the bar where you think he is probably hiding. But 
you see a big spark of flame and an eruption of some liqueurs that were behind the bar. And you hear a yelp, and Brother Alden Lynn leaps from behind the bar unscathed and makes it out the front door. And now we're in round four. Declan is going to kick out and try to topple you again. I'm going to fight back. I failed. Declan got a 14 and he needed a 25. You rolled a 74. You needed a 24. So he quickly kicks you. You're going to take a point of damage. Keep getting ones, guys. More importantly, you, you collapse to the ground. And I'll need, I'll need you to make a dex roll to maintain your grip on the gun, which only has, I believe, two bullets left in it. I need a 50. I got a 40. That's a success. All right. So you maintain control on your gun. Next up, we have Jack, who is in the doorway, bleeding from his gut. <laughs> Give me to a fucking hospital, man. You are prone and away from him. So if you wanted to use your gun at all, then you're going to take a disadvantage to your roll. Right. All right, I'm going to shoot at him. Go ahead and fire away. I needed a 64. I rolled a 5. I'm going to say that's okay. I don't think you need to take a penalty. It's 2. Yeah, yeah, I got to actually fight back. I guess I could roll a 4. You could, and that, that'd be negated, right? Ah! Oh, my oh, God, he rolled a 4. Are you, you have to be fucking <laughs> kidding oh me. Oh, my God. We need to do a screenshot so everybody believes be it. fucking <laughs> kidding me. How in the hell? That is insane. What the actual? <laughs> Literally insane. I've gotten two extremes in this combat. So everybody, he needed a 24, he just rolled a 4. You take 8. <laughs> Jack in his prone state, lying in the entrance to the Albatross bar, fires at Roy. He has true aim, and it is hurtling through the air, directly toward Roy's head. And at the exact same moment, Roy fires his gun, and the aim is completely off. Because his eyes are still rolled up in his head. Or one of them is. He's coming too, guys. <sighs> but Jack's aim is so good, it hits Roy's bullet midair, causing it to hurtle back towards Jack and plunge into his heart. But not at the same speed, so it's just in the heart, not all the way. It's just like, yeah, it's just slightly in the heart. I'm Tony Stark. Because that's how physics works. Jack... Gurgles and spews a mouthful of blood into a Dixie cup and falls back. So, Rocky, you can see that Roy is temporarily stunned at this turn of events. And uh, you've got the upper hand here. He's prone on the ground. I'm literally just going to take my shoe and thump right in his head just to knock him out. No, bad Roy. Sit, Ubu, sit. Fight back. And I failed, which is good. I've done too much damage. <laughs> so you take two points directly to the head, and you're knocked unconscious. Those two points tumble across the floor and land on Jack? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that works, right? So Roy, consciousness begins to return, and he realizes all the damage that he has caused, and his aim is purposefully misguided and shoots directly through the screen door. <gasps> and then he, the shoe meets his face, he is unconscious, and then it is Rocky and Declan to survey the damage. That's for the time when you stuck my tongue to that flagpole. You hear in the over by the door, I feel happy. Well, sir, wh what do we do? First thing we might want to do is restrain my brother so he can't do that again when he wakes up. I am on it. 
And he uh, takes Roy and drags him back to his room and ties him up. But Roy likes that. Now we need Jack to make a con roll. I needed a 50, I rolled an 18, and I am hard. You're basically still dying until someone can do a successful first aid. So Rocky needs to make a first aid, or you're dead. I think that's fair. I needed a 40 and I rolled a 23. You're not dead. You're welcome. Holy crap. I said goodbye to Jack in my head. Yay, no consequences. So you are currently stabilized at one hit point. Now, within the next hour, someone needs to administer successful medicine. Yeah, sorry, I have one point in that, so... I got it. I got one. I have one as well. Is there a doctor on the island? Well, uh, you've already established that probably the old priest is the closest you come guys get the priest (laughs) i need a doctor just give me the hospital i need some alka-seltzer now prop him up against the wall just so he's out of the doorway i want you to stay right here i'm going to go find someone who can fix you up a little more where do you think i'm gonna go (coughs) and i'm gonna run outside and see if there's anybody nearby I need an adult! Mommy, mommy! And of course, there are quite a few people out in the street now, all very curious as to the hullabaloo that's going on in the Albatross bar. Mainly little kids dancing and singing. Mostly, yeah. <laughs> and they say, join us, I'm going to go up to, I'm going to run up to the nearest person who's supposed to be, uh, you, I need a doctor, now. Oh, certainly, yes, I'll, I can see if, uh, Brother Summers is available. Great, do you know where he is? Oh, he's at the church, he... And I'm going to start running off, and then I'm going to come back. Which way is the church? <laughs> to the south. Uh, you can't miss it. It's the old church. See the steeple up on the horizon? Right. Thank you. Start sprinting towards the old church. All right. You you sprint past the chilies, too, and the Applebee's. And the- <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag not sponsored yet. I think uh, Tristan DeCuna needs a airport with a chilies, too. But they're going to vote against having a Chick-fil-A. So. Thank you. As well they should. As you approach, the church is very dilapidated, sort of an ancient, imposing structure. Parapets crumbling from age, yet up the steps and in the bright doorway stands a slight figure of a wizened old man. Why is he wizened? (laughs) Uh, I'm going to bound up the steps as quickly as I can. Uh, Are you Reverend uh, Lee Summers? We have a a medical emergency down at the the Albatross Bar, and I've been told that you're the one to come to if if we need doctoring. Well, yes, uh, of course I am, Lee Summers. Uh, Welcome to the church. One of my colleagues is in serious need of medical attention, beyond what I can do, and I, I've been told that you're the one to talk to for, for that kind of thing. Well, yes, we, we can talk on the way. Let me gather my equipment. One moment. And he disappears inside the church, and you're standing out there. Wind is picking up slightly, and you get just a bit of a chill. After a few moments, the uh, priest reappears in the doorway with his uh, bag at his side and a hat on his head. You hear these tubular bells in the background. Dude, those things are tubular. And he he shuts the door (laughs) on the music that, for whatever reason, he started behind him. And uh, he says, uh, we'll lead the way, good sir. Of course, uh, right this way. We must hurry. Hurry is no longer in my vocabulary. I'm going to pick him up and carry him. Oh, oh my, we're moving quite fast now. (laughs) This is quite good. Oh, oh. Oh, I can't. <laughs> Good thing he wore his brown robes. <laughs> and actually, he's a bit more spry than you would have thought. Before long, you were back at the Albatross Bar. There is quite a crowd gathered now. There's about probably 
gosh, like 14 people, which is like 90% of the population. <coughs> and, uh, and Declan is uh, tending to Jack and giving him a glass of water and a handy. Yeah. What are you doing? Oh, oh. Shh, this is good for both of us. <laughs> Quick, people, step aside. I'm going to kind of make a hold of the crowd so we can get him in. They start two-stepping. Uh, as you can see, my friend here is is in quite a predicament, and I, I was oh hoping my. you could use all your medical skills to maybe fix him up a bit. Yes, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a try. And then he leans down uh, and opens up his black case. As the uh, priest tends to Jack, Declan nods over to Rocky and says, uh, Sir, a moment. Yes, and I'm going to step to the side with Declan. And uh, De- Declan do leads you back into the bar, which is in complete disarray. Uh, you do smell the singed uh, scent of alcohol that luckily did not catch complete fire. Your brother, he's out like a light now, but uh, I-, I believe he's back in his own right mind. I don't know if he ever had a right mind to begin with, but... I, what would you like me to do to him, sir? He's a liability. Keep him tied up and just keep an eye on him until he comes back around I, that one. Until we can be totally certain that he's... Um, tubular? Back to his... his yeah, tubular. Until he's back to his normal annoying self. Ah, uh, wise words, sir. Well, I'll, I'll keep watch over him uh, during the night, and uh, you tend to your friend over there. Thank you, Declan. Um, appreciate that. Aye. Good night, sir. Good night, Declan. And during this whole conversation, the Reverend Brother Lee Summers has been whispering to Jack, sort of keeping him comforted and trying to basically keep him conscious while he tends to the wounds. How are you doing, my my young lad? I'm pretty good, you? Oh, a sight better than you, it seems. <laughs> I've been better. What's it looking like? Uh, tell me what it hurts. <laughs> It hurts everywhere. Ah, does it hurt here in this hole? <laughs> and he puts his finger in the bullet hole. What the hell are you doing? I asked you a question, young lad. Does it hurt? It hurts everywhere. Well, look at this. The crimson of the interior. And he rubs his fingers together. I need an adult. That's my no-no square. <laughs> now, Mr. Whiteside, you're uh, a bit broken at the moment. I'm feeling better. What would you say if I could make you whole again? <coughs> I'll do anything. Anything? But <coughs> I won't do that. And I would do, do anything, anything for love. Well, I think perhaps here on Death's Door, we could drive a bargain together. Tune in next time for Chapter 8, Trist. And Tokyo. I have a theory. I don't think that this guy is such a good guy. I think he's great. He's going to help me out. I got to kick Roy in the face. I got to kill Jack, but then he didn't die. I'm feeling better. What does all of this have to do with Dan? I think Dan definitely is the reverend. Did Dan maybe come here and open up something evil? Yeah. The symbol we found, we haven't talked about that yet as characters, 
But the D, everybody loves the D. Everyone wants the D. Matt, what are your thoughts on that theory when all three murders or deaths are so widely different? It might not have been the death itself that was important. It could have been something associated with it, like the fact that the brain was missing. Maybe whoever did that needed to to take something from each person. So it didn't matter how they killed them. It's just they had to kill them to take whatever it is they needed to take. But what was missing from the other two is what we've got to figure out then, if that's a theory. I like the theory. I don't really have better ones. I mean, maybe Dan just took a vacation here. (laughs) He liked the brown beer. Now, it's time for some recommendos, so please roll D100. Let's get it on. I rolled an 83. I rolled an 82. All right, awesome. So we're going to go with uh, Brian first, then Matt, then Gabe, then me. So, Brian, start us off, buddy. I'm going to recommend Kung Pao Enter the Fist. We referenced that so many times in this episode. If you haven't ever heard of it, it's a very old movie, but it's extremely funny. They take, uh, I think it's two or three different Kung Fu movies, the footage that was shot but never made into a full film, and they piece it together to make a story. There's really only three actors in it and they interact with the old film footage and create their own story around it so we're, we're hoping for uh, kung pao enter the fist 2 but good luck on that kung pao enter the fist if you have not seen it you have to find it and you have to watch it extremely funny movie matt this week i'm going to recommend an oldie but a goodie uh borderlands 2 widely recognized as one of the best if not like the best looter shooter out there now it, again it is an older game but it did just receive a, a big new update including an update to 4k uhd resolution you play as one of four vault hunters on a planet called pandora and you're there to kind of help save the planet from the guy named handsome jack who runs the an evil corporation called hyperion and his whole shtick is that he thinks that he's the good guy and he's trying to save the world and that you're you know you're the bad ones trying to stop him so it's you running around a planet killing all these bad guys picking up tons and tons of guns and loot having a really good time you can ask brian we've spent a lot of time playing this game because it is just so good especially with the the fact that they just announced the the third game in the series borderlands 3 coming out in september it's uh, as good of a time as any to to hop into hop onto pandora and uh you know blow some stuff up gabe how about you buddy this movie, it's on Netflix. It's called uh, Araminari, The Blacksmith and the Devil. It's a Basque horror movie. It's a retelling of a, some old folklore where it, it's very well shot and the special effects are cool. The story is it's a blacksmith who makes the deal with the devil to become really good blacksmith. And then he uses his ability to trap the devil. But at the same time, the townspeople are suspicious of him and you have them trying to combat him while he's trying to deal with the demon while this little girl is like discovering a lot about the blacksmith it's very well told Uh, the special effects are cool the lighting makes it so if you're one of those guys that needs perfect special effects the lighting makes it hard to tell every scene in the movie is lit just by like candles or fire which is it's a very cool mood and the story is very good especially if you like uh hell dramas there's some cool twists that you don't see coming so uh, yeah that's aramentari the blacksmith and the devil all right well my recommendo for tonight is a video game murdered soul suspect from 2014 and it is a very interesting game where you play a criminal turned cop 
who is murdered, and then you get to play his ghost trying to solve his own murder. There are other mini quests that you need to do, including helping other lost souls ascend to wherever, the afterlife, by solving their cases. So you go around, pick up clues, and then essentially just try to piece together the clues and uh, form a hypothesis to solve the mystery. All the while, you're, the main quest is tracking a serial killer who has been offing people. It's kind of cool because the mechanic is allows you, as a ghost, to possess other people so you can eavesdrop on what they're saying or thinking, and also peek at the things that they are looking at at the time, whether that's a computer or notes or something like that. Uh, you can also possess a cat, so you can jump around to places that you couldn't ordinarily reach if you were a normal human. And even though you're a ghost, you can pass through walls and doors, but um, you, can, you can't get through certain places unless the humans inside leave the door open for you. So you can't go through a window. You have to wait until someone opens a window, and then you can go into it that way. Uh, but once you're in inside a building, then you can go through walls and so forth. But unfortunately, there are these demons who are lurking and monitoring the interiors of these buildings. So you have to be very careful. Uh, you can fight them kill them send them back to hell whatever all the while you're also uncovering clues about your former life including the murder of your beloved wife i highly recommend murdered soul suspect all right guys well that's going to do it for this episode of the lovecraft tapes thank you for listening Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere you download your record or podcasts. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review. If you don't like what you hear, tune out, turn off, good night. Meanwhile, you can find us at thelovecrafttapes.com with links to all our recommendos and social media channels, including Facebook, Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server, where you can chat with us in real time, and God help us all, we do chat. Yes, we do. You can find me on Twitter at Lovecraft Tapes. And if anybody wants to suggest ways I can immortalize the boot I used to kick Roy in the head, let me know on Twitter at the real weird kid. And if you want to shower me with compliments, you can find me at Discord and at Lovecraft Gabe. And if anybody can uh, provide me with a 45 caliber adhesive bandage, uh, the size of a 45 caliber, you can reach me at Brian Podcast. Well, until next time, roll for Alka-Seltzer. The Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2018. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes. Look at how weird my fingers look. Ooh. That's not a finger. <laughs> that does look weird with that color you've got. Roy is about to commit mass genocide by killing half of the population of the island, which is like three people, but still. It's 3.5 people. Um, <laughs> so which half of the last guy are you going to take up? The top half or the bottom half? The top half. The, the middle. Okay. Kill them all. I can attest that, that Roy's dex is nice.
It's not that good, though. I mean, honestly. No, but it curves to the left, so that's a plus. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I can see the reflection in your glasses, Gabe. I see what you're looking at, porn. Tri Street. 21 Tri Street. (laughs) He's right next door to Sesame Street. Oh. Man, too soon. I was was looking at your tentacle. Wait, that doesn't sound right. Zip. <laughs> Sorry about that. That happens once in a while. These pants are new. I don't. I don't. They're weird. So you both have uh, Xbox or uh, X Files uh, flashlights going on. Yeah, the big China. I have ones. my Xbox flashlight. Such a giant Xbox logo. Giant consoles. Just walk <laughs> Sponsor around. us, Microsoft. Hashtag not sponsored. The uh, Ring of Death is just going. <laughs> red ring. Oh no, it's the red Thanks ring. Thanks for bringing that memory back. You go down to the basement. and It's Mount Doom, so you have to throw the ring in. <laughs> It's an M. Night Shyamalan movie. (laughs) Instead of the village, it's the island. It's called The Poopening. (laughs) The poop is doing Uh, it, guys. The poop is doing it. Stay away from the poop, okay, guys? (laughs) What? No. What about The Night Watch? The Night Watch is terrible. It's like vampires everywhere. Who watches The Watchmen? I'm going to combat roll down the stairs. (laughs) And, uh, okay, so the stairs are going to fight back. I'm sorry, the stairs rolled a critical success. Ark. Maybe it's the castle of Ark. And and then the the power of true friendship overtakes Roy and he stops fighting. And then a star shoots across with a rainbow and it says, the more you know. <laughs> do, 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 do. We'll just go bury him in the pet cemetery. It's okay. Yeah, don't go up there. <laughs> Something's about a dead. They come back spoiled. Is there a Miracle Max on this island? He's only mostly dead. There's a difference between dead and mostly dead. We're going to cover it in chocolate. It helps it go down. What if I change it from gut bleeding to butt bleeding? (laughs) Oh, then it's a party. You'll be even more dead.